Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the fortune to welcome back two-time guest, Jennifer Justice, one of a ha- only a handful of people in over 700 episodes that we've had back twice. Jennifer is an entertainment and live experience executive known for her expertise in building artist careers and portfolios by marrying art with commerce. She was Jay-Z and Beyonce's attorney, uh, entertainment attorney back at Rock Nation. She founded the Justice Department, a manage- management strategy and legal firm that works with female and enlightened male entrepreneurs, executives, <laughs> talents, brands, and creative. Jennifer, thanks so much for coming back for a second time. Thank you for having me for a second time. I feel so privileged to be in this but, group. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you are seeing female entrepreneurs and executives make when trying to you know, maximize their career and their impact? I mean, the biggest I've been seeing is just not understanding their worth and advocating for it, you know, and that is um, kind of across the board, you know, there's all the statistics that women only get 2% of venture funding, women of color only 0.5, we have a gender pay gap that in the United States alone won't be equal for two over 200 years, which means our kids, grandkids may or may not even experience, they'll probably still be experiencing. So it's, it's like now or never, like we need to, we can remedy this. We can remedy this by um, advocating for ourselves at, you know, enlisting other women, hiring other women, um, paying other women, paying what they deserve. Um, and, you know, the men can do it right along with us. You know, it's, it's like time. It's um, so first and foremost, advocating for yourself, understanding what you deserve, regardless of that is if you are in a, co- you know, corporate job, if you are raising your own money, if you are building your own company, if you are building a business around yourself, all of those events women are not getting paid the maximum amount they should be. Now, you talked about something really important. You talked about advocating for yourself. What does that mean to you? Uh, it means really doing the research and, and you know, on what you should be getting as well as, and then add 20% usually. <laughs> and then, uh, but also like, you know, 
going out and seeking it from other, you know, people finding your tribe of people, hiring people around, you know, if you can afford it, hiring a lawyer to negotiate your deal, which is a very standard practice, you know, and I don't even think a lot of women understand how pro how standard it is. I even re represent some, some high level executive women who'd never had an attorney who negotiate their deals before. And they get nervous about it. They think, oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to ask for something and they're just going to say no deal or they're going to get mad. I'm like, no, this is standard practice. And once we go through the process, they realize how standard practice it is because they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll give this and that, no, 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 you know. And so advocating for yourself, like literally pushing, trying to get the best that you can. And that's um, also hiring right people around the money. Once you do have the money, what are you doing with it? Making sure that you are executing on all levels, basically, and exploiting all different areas of financial revenue streams that you possibly can. Okay, so you just talked about something really interesting. You said standard practice, hire an attorney to negotiate your contract. I would think that that might be standard, and forgive my ignorance, that might be standard practice in, let's say, the entertainment industry. Yeah. For example, I, I had honestly never heard. I mean, I could see like if you're going to be CFO or CMO of yeah. a large company, but if let's say, you know, this isn't a seven figure deal, does that still happen? And yeah. okay, so that's news to me and probably news to some of our listeners. So what type of attorney negotiates a contract like that where I'm, you know, in a regular, a smaller business, but big enough that it's significant? Well, so it's in uh, uh, employment attorneys um, and they're state by state. Um, you know, there's all these provisions and not just like how much money they're offering you, but the provisions of like non-competes, which are basically illegal in California and, and becoming illegal in New York. Um, other states uh, haven't, you know, progressed as much. Non-solicits are actually pretty much illegal when it comes to customers like customers, but not employees necessarily, um, or it's vice versa. I don't know in California, it's one, but like, uh, and in New York, it's the, the loss quite, isn't quite there yet. So, and then it's like, okay, severance, what happens when you leave? Um, what do you get? It's not just an entertainment. I do it in tech, et cetera. And, and at a minimum, if you're going to sign an agreement that talks about giving away your rights and when you're working in there is work for hire language and whatever, it's worth hiring even a junior person that, you know, in one of those firms with a lot smaller, you know, hourly rate just to tell you what you're signing, right? Because some of those things you could go back and say, you know what, I don't want this to be X, Y, Z, or can you explain this? Like, you know, people sign options agreements all the time. And this is where I, um, plug my podcast, Taking Care of Lady Business, because I just did this amazing interview with Susie Walters from Carta. Uh, Carta is the place that if you have any employment options or you invest in a company, that's where they hold it all. Instead of you used to get these arcane old certificates. And she explains exactly what they mean, which a lot of people are like, I need equity. And like options are not always great. You have to pay for them. And then you have to pay the taxes before you even get the options. So there's there's so much that's involved in it that if you just pay, you know, a couple of hours work for somebody to like look through it, you at least understand what you're going into. And even if that means that you are negotiating for yourself and you have to go like, okay, I want 10% more money or 20%, it like at least gives you the bravado to do that a little bit um, because that sets you up. That 10 or 20% compounded over the years becomes a lot more. 
Absolutely. So we need to advocate for ourselves. We need to work with an attorney to help negotiate our contract. And then you talk a little bit about how that gets you perceived in the marketplace, right? So I've never had a potential employee have someone else negotiate their contract. Does that elevate their status? Does that make them, does that automatic, does that work? Does that get them paid more? How does that work? Well, it puts a barrier in between when, you know, somebody is not a strong negotiator by trade, like but either by just who they are as a personality or it's very uncomfortable for them to negotiate, you know, then that puts that middle barrier in. Even lawyers, you know, there's a there's a saying, uh, any lawyer that represents themselves has a fool for a client, yep. right? When I went into Rock Nation, Jay, Jay-Z was like, who am I going to have be my attorney to negotiate your deal? I go, who am I going to have? He was like, what, you're hiring an attorney? I was like, absolutely, <laughs> you know? Um and it's not like, it doesn't have to be this n- horrible, nasty negotiation, but what it does, like if you're in a C-suite position, you know, there, there's, you know, a lot of CEOs, et cetera, who do think, okay, if they hire somebody to negotiate for themselves, they're going to go negotiate for the company. Because otherwise, what does it say? If you're in a C-suite position and you're not having somebody negotiate or you're not negotiating your deal, do they really think that you're going to negotiate for them? You know? That's um, an excellent point. Yes. So, um, and there's this rumored like story that uh, I don't even know if it's true. It was rumored to be Jeff Bezos could have been anybody where he really wanted somebody, whoever this fictitious billionaire really wanted somebody and they were about to take a big job in like Coke or Pepsi. He flew over there to try to convince them and in 12 hours convince them to come over to whatever the company is. Let's say it's Amazon. And um, on the plane ride back, he was like, I don't want that person. I convinced him in 12 hours. Wow. What are they going to do? You know, you have to think about these things. This is business. Okay. You're not working for, this is not family. This is not your personal time. This is business. So enter into it as a business relationship. So that's fascinating that he would say, Hey, I put that effort in and it were, they should have fought harder. They should have 12 hours wasn't enough. They should have lasted 24. I mean, you know, that was told to me by a pretty good source, but at the same time, it could have been anybody. Like it's still, the the, the premise still still stands, right? It's like you, you know, who you are, like, you know, and what you will stand for for yourself, you know, do the same. And like, so what I say for women all the time is like, take whatever you love the most. For me, that is my children. I would kill you for my children. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so if somebody is not negotiating with me or treating me poorly or not giving me what I deserve or trying to negotiate down my personal rate, I'm like, you're not insulting me. You're insulting my kids. Okay. And so you're insulting my time away from, you know, my time away from them is precious. So you're saying it's not valuable. Well, they think it is. And I think it is. And so it helps give you that bravado to do it when it's not necessarily in the nature of women to do. We are, you know, and this is, there's stats and data and biological differences that tell us how we are more, you know, we want community driven, want everybody to get along. I yep. mean, these are just things that happen. So, um, and that's in all aspects of business. That's not just your personal employment. That is in raising your own money. That is in how, you know, negotiating with potential investors, that's negotiating with potential vendors, suppliers, all of the, you know, all of the above. Now you negotiate every single day. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see people make when trying to negotiate? Well, 
Uh, I always say the biggest mistake is not hiring somebody to do it for you because it does, it helps. There is a barrier, you know what I mean? And, um, and it insulates you because lawyers are always going to be seen as the bad cop, you know, no matter what, even though it's like our clients tell us what to do, we're still bad cop. Um, so first and foremost, if you can, do that. Um, you can, you know, they also have a big skill set and see a lot of these different deals to be able to tell you what's market and what's not, etc. So you have to hire an expert in that those particular fields. But the other thing is, and I find this for women, a lot of men say, oh, always name the first offer. Well, women are always underestimating themselves. So I'm always like, you tell me what you're willing, what you're going to do to make it worth my while, you know? And then you know what the base is. And if you're so far apart with a number that you think it's going to be, then it's probably not going to happen. But if it is, and that's okay, you know, you can still go through with the deal knowing that like, let's make it shorter term, or I'm going to keep my eyes open the whole time because this is my only option. But, but just as much, probably over 50%, you're always pleasantly surprised going, shit, I wasn't, I wasn't even going to ask for that. That is so much more than I thought I was going to get, you know? And so, you know, I think you weigh that. That used to be the thing, like you name the price, but I don't think that's necessarily true when it comes to an entire population not really used to standing up for themselves. Um, and so number one, number two is like do the research to know what the market is as much as you possibly can. There's so many more resources now to figure that out. Um, and then the third is uh, don't ever negotiate against yourself. Like that's 101. Like if somebody's like, oh, I don't know if I could pay that. Okay. What can you pay? I'm not going to go, okay, I'll take less. Like never do that ever, ever, ever. I don't care how awkward or uncomfortable it is. And then, you know, the other thing is if you don't want that awkwardness, you can listen to somebody and say, okay, let me talk about it. And then you can come back in an email because it makes you more comfortable and, and, you know, stronger, you know, in your conviction of that. And you can go back and forth that way because you don't always have to verbally negotiate because if it makes you really uncomfortable, you're going to lose. I, I think those are excellent points. I think the research is huge and, and not just on the income side of it. Um, I had the first interview that um, we an interview we had last week with a potential team member, first time ever in 20 years of business that I had a candidate who showed up having bought all of my books, read them all, had questions based on, hey, on page 42, you said this, and had question, intelligent questions based on, and ideas based on what she read. And I said, oh my God, nine times out of 10, when I, the second or third question in my interview process is, what do you know about us? Mm -hmm. And the answer almost all the time is, oh, I don't know, nothing. I, I'm like, you didn't look, you didn't, you just hit the apply button. So I agree with the research a hundred percent. Who is like an we're ideal... all going to be working for her soon. Right? I absolutely. Um, <laughs> who, who is an ideal client for the justice department? Ideal clients are women who are, who are really to take it to the next level. So if you're a female founded company and you need help in some business strategy side of things, you know, a lot of the times my clients are creatives or are not used to the business side, which is totally fine because I can't draw and write a song or sing it. So we make a great combination um, who, you know, really need access to female investors or understanding how to kind of formalize and, you know, business, the, you know, building the business on the, on the business side of things. So business development, business strategy. Um, and then, you know, I work, still work with a lot of musicians and creatives and the legal side um and you know it's just women like 
on the cusp of really growing it, who actually understand that there is still a very, very, very low glass ceiling and are in, in it for the cause. Awesome. And then, I mean, your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? I mean, I like best about what I'm doing because it really resonates, you know, I, I, like women start thinking a little bit differently and they start, you know, advocating for themselves and thinking like, you know what, you're right. I, I do deserve these things. And it's really amazing thing to witness. I love helping them uh, make more money and like money is not happiness, but it does garner power, which does allow you to, um, you know, create the world that you want to live in and a collective um, you know, wealth for women means we have collective power and we can make this world a better place because right now it's not doing, you know, there's a lot of things that we need to change and very quickly. So um, I really love that aspect of it and letting, you know, showing women how if you hire each other and, and support each other, it really moves the needle and it gives you the ability to have choices. Um, and I love it. And yeah. Awesome. Where can our audience go to learn more about you and the justice department and tell us about the podcast? So I started the podcast, Taking Care of Lady Business. Um, it launched in October. And what I was seeing over three years is there was a lot of vernacular and expertise in business itself that women were lacking. And so I was like, what better way to do it than create a podcast, which is business advice, by women, for women, that serves three purposes, really. It serves as, gives tactical advice, um, it's inspirational, and also allows women to see the jobs and careers these women have chosen and that how they got there, which is not necessarily linear. Um, and most of these careers of the women I interview are all things that could use all women coming up. So this applies, we have, you know, listeners from Gen Z, you know, going to college on up in particular now when there's not these workplace environments. So it's done really well, you know, as a business podcast for women, you know, giving advice to women, having been there themselves and knowing what it's like to walk in a room being the only one. Um, so find us there first and foremost, like subscribe, do all those things. And then um, you can find us at thejusticedept.com. That's our website. Um, and Instagram at thejustice.dept, as well as on TikTok now. We're all over awesome. the place. Well, congratulations yeah. on all of that. We're happy to be a part of it. This has been Seth Green for Sharpreneur with Jennifer Justice. Jennifer, thanks again for spending some more time with us. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.